Welcome to Conversations with the Best Minds in Real Estate, a podcast hosted by RCL Co. Real Estate Advisors, the show that brings you illuminating interviews with today's most relevant and motivating leaders throughout all corners of the real estate sector. Each episode will feature different masters in real estate, revealing challenging lessons they've learned, their secrets to success, and opinions regarding the state of the market. Hello, this is Todd LaRue, Managing Director of RCL Co. Real Estate Advisors. If you're a regular listener to our podcast, then you will know that since 1967, RCL Co. has been the first call for real estate developers, investors, the public sector, and non-real estate companies seeking strategic and tactical advice regarding property investment, planning, and development. Welcome to the latest episode of Conversations with the Best Minds in Real Estate. Today, I am talking to Philip Jalifka, CEO of Legacy International and Legacy Performance Capital. Legacy International provides world-class consulting, sales knowledge, and marketing expertise for resort-style master plan communities around the world. Their single objective is to maximize the return on investment to the developer through st strategic management of the sales and marketing process. Legacy Performance Capital is an asset management firm focused on a substantial equity placement to a diverse array of projects in Central Texas. Philip, thanks so much for joining us as one of the best minds in real estate. Uh, thank you, Todd. It's a, it's a real privilege over the years, the opportunity to work with you uh, and your team as we've looked at uh, both in our work, working with various development partners as well as, as we've started uh, to diversify and, and uh, take advantage of some of our own assets. Uh, you and your team have, have been uh, right there when we needed you each, of the way, each step of the way. So uh, you're a key ingredient to all of our success for those of us who are out here in the, in the real estate and the development world. So thank you for this time this morning. Well, thank you, Philip, and thank you for the, the plug. Uh, and we've enjoyed the, uh, the journey with you as well as your company and companies have evolved over time. And I, I think we first met um, actually when, after I first moved to Austin in 2009, I think maybe out at Rough Hollow, if that rings a bell. I think that was uh, quite some time ago. Yeah, it was quite some time ago. And the best part about it is that we started right by working with some of the best like yourself. And uh, we, we, we set uh, that master plan community off to a great direction that, you know, as we sit here today, if you look at the statistics and the metrics on, on that asset in particular, that has been a great relationship with that development partner. And that, and that asset has done very, very well for the developer and for my sales and marketing organization. Yeah, absolutely. And and I think, you know, maybe to kick us off, if you could give the audience, you know, a 30 to 60 second overview of your real estate career, kind of from your first job uh, through today. Sure. Thank you, Todd. Um, as many as may know, I grew up in Texas. I, I had the great opportunity to go up to the United States Military Academy at West Point, which then launched me into both the regular and special operations uh, military career. My last duty station happened to be in Savannah, Georgia, Hunter Army Airfield. And when I transitioned out, which is in around 2001, I had a great opportunity to work with two golf course master plan communities where I had the chance to learn quite a bit about the ingredients as well as meet some pretty important players in, in the, the real estate space. 
One of them happened to be the uh, playground destination properties, the sales and marketing arm of IntraWest, who uh, was asked to come in and work with us on the Greg Norman Golf Course Master Plan Community there in Savannah, Georgia, where I had a chance to grow with that company doing both on-site sales, sales management, and then actually do some business development, flying around the Americas with uh, Greg Norman and his golf development team and playground for that matter. And uh, several years uh, into that, I received a phone call from a former playground leader who invited me to come to t- back to Texas and work with the Syntex organization that was getting into the resort master plan community business. It would become known as Syntex Destination and Properties. We built a great organization. We had four divisions and uh, a number of years into it, uh, Syntex made the move to adjust their balance sheets uh, and uh, would make the decision uh, to end the destination property division as quickly, if you will, as as we had grown it and we had had quite a bit of success. So as we as we were closing up Syntex destination properties, you know, my career decision was what is next. So I decided to start having learned from the playground experience and the Syntex experience. I made the decision in June of 2007 to open Legacy International, uh, a sales and marketing company that could really serve as in the form of a, of a vice president of sales and marketing uh, outsourced versus being vertically integrated for builders and developers. And so we, we did that. We had the chance. Uh, I had the chance. I built a team and had the chance to work with a number of developers uh, in the States uh, out in the, uh, the Bahamas, the Dominican, uh, coming all the way around through the likes of Panama, Mexico, and back into the States. I think we all know we went through the Great Recession, gave us an opportunity to come back to Texas where we had some really good developers right here in our backyard with a good market to really hone our skills and, and improve the company and, and grow, grow the team, as well as diversify into uh, markets beyond resort, also in the residential uh, into the uh, active adult and urban. So really with, with four divisions. And we've done that for a number of years since 2007. And, uh, and then in 2018, as you well know, we opened up Legacy Performance Capital, our asset management firm, in order to start deploying capital uh, for some of our own assets. And uh, here we are in uh, 2020, and we have some great things on the horizon. So it's really a culmination of a, of a Texas life, growing up, military and special ops, transitioning into a real estate career. And I'm, I'm more excited now than even when, when I entered into it in the early 2000s in Savannah, Georgia. So thank you for the question, uh, Todd. Yeah, and you know, it's interesting. You, you started with you know, some of the best out there in terms of sales and you know, with, with Playground and IntraWest and so forth. When you launched Legacy International, you, know, you built really a new sales platform, uh, one that, as you said, be outsourced rather than vertically integrated within a development team. So, you know, given that prior experience that you had, you know, what were some opportunities you saw in that space? Uh, were they the, improving the processes, improving systems? You know, what what were some of the things that uh, you identified? You know, Todd, one of the things that I experienced prior to opening Legacy International was uh, there was not a complete alignment um, in what I call our equation. And there are a number of, of ingredients that go into it. And that is uh, passionate people, well-trained. They come with a strategy with both a critical path and a budget. And then the, it comes with each and every one of the team members 
uh, with full accountability. That's in the sales and marketing functional area. That's in the design, the, the acquisition and design, and the development and construction, all the way to closing up, following up, and following through. And, and so if you really take those ingredients and pull them apart and look at them as fundamentals, and again, up until we started doing our smaller assets and investing over the, the last uh, couple of years, we've been working most in most of the master plan community space, whether it's residential, uh, or resort, luxury, urban, or active adult. Uh, each of these master plan communities come with all the functional areas requiring those, the attention to those ingredients. And probably the biggest one that stood out to me as an opportunity uh, was training. And so very quickly when we launched Legacy International, uh, we defined and choreographed our legacy professional selling system. And a lot of people talk about a sales process, but truly basing our learning culture and our environment around those fundamentals. And again, we truly believe here at, at Legacy International that fundamentals win championships. If you truly focus on those fundamentals, if you're ever off in your sales goals, or if your developers ever off on a critical path date on when anyone said they were going to do what they need to do in order to fulfill the business plan obligation, if you come back to those fundamentals, um, at, at the heart of it truly is, is a well-trained professional. So the main ingredient that I knew when uh, opening the company at the heart of, as it is with most businesses, uh, is really getting the right passionate people. And then it's the, the next ingredient for us to even want to work with a, a developer or even work on our own assets are getting the right project and product definition and then, uh, and then putting the right strategy in place with, with uh, key people who truly are well-trained and understand the impact and the, and, and the storyline behind either the master plan community or the creative place or the neighborhood at the end of the day, without a sale, um, there there won't be development and there won't be home building. But together, it's a great collision. And ultimately, we kept in mind one of the things we also did early on when launching the company is, you know, you said ultimately, what is what is our mission? You know, we happen to be in real estate, but ultimately, what are we doing? You know, Todd, I'd, I'd say we're in our mission statement is we're in the business of changing lives and changing lives daily. We just happen to be using real estate as a medium. So if you can truly get your arms around that storytelling, around the fundamental sales process, again, we call it our professional selling system, and focus each and every day and week learning environment um, on that, I think you can have a lot of success. But it takes full alignment, not only on the sales and marketing functional area, but all of the development functional areas. And that's the key win. Yeah, and you mentioned you know, a, a critical part of that process is finding the right uh, developer partner or development that you're going to be working with. You know, how do you, what is that selection process like? Uh, how, how do you, you know, pick those developers or developments that are a good fit for your organization? Yeah. So the, there's, there's really two, there's really two questions. One is uh, always that scale challenge. And the other is, is there a right fit? Maybe I'll start with scale challenge first. As you well know, I mean, we're headquartered out of Austin, Texas. We've operated all over what I refer to as the Americas. And in every one of those opportunities, it's always come down to, do we have the right people that we can attract to do that particular mission for that development or that developer? 
And do we have this right strategic relationships or subject matter experts that can help us on the selling side as well as the other functional area responsibilities in order to make sure we do have a solid uh, project and product definition that we're going to take to the respective marketplaces. So the scale challenge is the first one you have to answer. Do you have the ability to reach into that target market and deliver or do for that development partner what you say you can do while taking some of those current team members that you may or may not have or we have uh, and in installing them in with uh, the newer uh, scale opportunities? The second one, and really the most important one, goes back to what I I talked about in the five-stage process. And prior to going into the five-stage process, we do this, what we call a stage one or the discovery. Refer to it better as a 120-day Q&A question answer. Really thinking through the DNA uh, and then talking with all of the stakeholders. You know, why did the developer get into the business? How are they funded? Um, what is their vision? And do they have the right stakeholders on the team? And if any of those come back uh, challenging, then the question becomes the receptiveness of, you know, the, the willingness to improve uh, and take the uh, project and product definition to the right level. And if we can come to agreement and gain what we refer to as truly a business partnership versus seeming like an outsourced vice president of sales and marketing, then in that case, uh, we can get through that stage one discovery. And we call that the go, no go criteria. Again, going back to the military days. And what we found and what we found, Todd, is, is that the development, the developers and the development partners that interview us like our willingness to be strong enough to say maybe there this isn't a fit. So going through the series of questions, we all learn more about uh, the project and product def definition than maybe we started and we most of the time end up in a much better place. So really getting the right developer, the right developers is the willingness to have a, a partner in business that really understands uh, their why as we do that we're on a mission and respects maybe some of those scale challenges as we move through our stage one 120 day process. So that's really, uh, that's really our attack and making sure we're working with the right people and they're working with the right group, that being Legacy International. Yeah, that makes sense. And I would think it's even more critically important as you looked at uh, opportunities overseas and in an international environment, that's a much bigger commitment on your part, you know, even having boots on the ground. Can you tell us how that, you know, the sales process is different in that international context versus domestic and really how, how is the customer and the consumer, how are they different? How do you how do you communicate with them? Great question, and I think it oftentimes uh, it causes a, a number of uh, greater challenges that may actually be in place. As long as you have a solid, uh, solid process, solid system. If you think about it, the buying stages don't change for any demographic or any buyer or any location, but the DNA of the project and the product of the product does. So how do you figure out that, that match? So effectively the fundamentals hold true in the buying or the selling process, but some of those changes are project specific, meaning on the, in the international environment, there are added layers in order to help the buyer both get through the process, legal, 
title. Some of the others where we have to install additional third-party relationships in order to help move the buyer and be comfortable with moving through the buying process. But probably more important, and this really goes true both for the international experience and the stateside experience, and that is working through the nuances of helping the buyer know what it means to live in this home, live in this community. And we have what we call the experience package where we do everything we can, even in the environment we're in now. And with all of the digital transformation, once we get to that part of the buying process and gain that appointment, the key is getting the buyer into the respective market and having them understand what it feels like to live uh, and be part of uh, the community that they're considering. So there's really, there's really two answers to that question. And that is that there are added nuances. So you layer in the right team members to help you move the buyer through the process and the buyers get more comfortable with that. That way it's not always just the onsite salesperson is adding additional layers of credibility while also um, that requirement of, uh, of that assistance of getting them through the process. And then again, helping the buyer try it on for size. So really developing a really so solid experience package, whether it's stateside or international. Yeah. And we've talked about that a bit in the past, you and I have, and you're trying to attract a buyer to an international destination. And this is a second home or third home, fourth home, whatever it is, but it's entirely discretionary. Uh, so, you know, how, how is that, um, you know, engaging that consumer and convincing that consumer to buy in that kind of a location where they don't need it. It's not their primary residence, um, but you sort of convince them that they do need it or they want it. Yeah. The, one of the things we do in our professional selling system and we, we initiate our selling system with any new team what we call a boot camp. One of the things we do our best in reminding the, the various team members is to never forget that the buyer, when they enter into the sales funnel, especially now days where 88% of the buyers are starting their search, whether it's for a primary or a discretionary, if you will, a second or third or fourth home, there are 88% of them are starting their search, as you well know, Todd, online. So they're coming armed with a lot of information unlike you know a decade plus ago where the funnel really was somewhat inverted they're coming in already counting your offering in so we remind we remind as we go through our selling system our trained professionals to remind that prospect or that buyer that they are the ones that raised their hand they were the ones who said they are interested so albeit discretionary they don't need it and they can buy anything that they're looking for uh, as soon as we can remind them that we know how they are looking and considering uh, homes, uh, the sooner we can get on the same page and manage one another's expectations. And then, then it comes down to how can you create urgency or create that need that we've now agreed to for our specific project or our specific product. And that's really where the art happens and the experience package happens and we can get them into the further down the sales funnel in the buying process, get them through the different impact events or impact points that allow us to confirm each step of the way through the sales process that it started out as a want, uh, then it became a need and, uh, and ultimately becomes a buying decision. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's really interesting. And, um, you know, given that experience that you had over the years with sales, I kind of want to pivot to this, I wouldn't call it a transition, but maybe an add-on that you've done now with uh, the launching of Legacy Performance Capital. And just curious there, you know, did the capital come first and sort of drive uh, your strategy into this space? Or were you, did you develop sort of a, a, a develop, development strategy overall and then attract the capital? Yeah, Todd, I would say, uh, or what happened is we developed the strategy first. Um, and, and I think that's the case always in, the, and in most businesses that you find. Attracting, you know, finding capital or attracting capital actually was easy. And uh, it really, that was a one entrepreneur to another with a really solid business plan and a laser focus. And we can talk more about, again, what our offering, what our focus is. But um, in the initial challenge actually is just getting a refined strategy and business plan. And on top of that, having the assembled functional, functional area subject matter experts uh, priority asking for capital and the willingness to deploy capital. One of the things that cap, as we know, those of us that are part of this conversation know that um, expertise is, is hard to find. And one of the things that, having launched Legacy International and our interaction with developers, family offices, large and small alike over the years has allowed us to gravitate to some really great strategic relationships. So when we put those strategic relationships together, compound them with a laser focused business plan that has an, an entry and an exit strategy, um, the, the capital, uh, it was really finding the right entrepreneur with me moving to the entrepreneurial entrepreneurial spirit in uh, 2018 and really became, so it was strategy first, Todd. Yeah. Yeah. And, and part of your strategy was uh, somewhat vertically integrating it and keeping where you're doing property acquisition, you're doing the site planning work and working with, of course, uh, great consultants and partners but doing the site planning work, doing the actual product design, uh, managing and facilitating the construction, and then running sales and marketing. And so you've got kind of control from start to finish with these types of projects, uh, correct me if I'm wrong. And, and you know, why did you go that route? And what types of projects are you specifically pursuing? Well, what led, what, what led to this Todd and and well, first of all, it was a place in my career where uh, I had great leadership surrounding myself with good teams, and it was time for me to deliver more for my team members, uh, for my quality of life. And so, what was next? And it some of it was a natural progression, uh, having put a lot of time and thought into. It. At some point in time, uh, we we had it had the idea and, and the the vision to do so. But what really led to it was having gone through a number of uh, challenges, great recession, the good times, the challenging times. If you start to look at the inconsistency of business flow, as you stated, how can you gain control and investing in our own assets and being able to hire our own related companies allowed us to do so. So that was one of the biggest reasons we uh, moved on this vision of, of 
deploying uh, capital with legacy performance capital. And uh, we've learned quite a bit over the years. And so uh, using their related companies, again, gain consistency. And what does that mean? It, it, it results, it comes up with predictable results. The types of projects that at least thus far, legacy performance capital is focused on has been the micro markets and really urban and suburban. I would call it for the missing middle. Todd is kind of, if you will, that gap in these micro or growth uh, urban and suburban markets. We've, we've focused in on two offerings and uh, both of them are really all of our investments today, of which we have 12 of them right now, are three to five year entry and exits, if you will. They come in the form of, of a single family, detached and attached in a condominium regime. And again, that's really for, for density and able to meet uh, the hurdles. And the other product offering is, is the mid-rise stack flat condos. We refer to this package, if you are, these two offerings as singles and doubles. And they, they really are creative places done differently where we have this new, new type of offering in the urban and suburban space. And they all come with a sense of place. So we stayed laser focused. Uh, in order to build, at least in Central Texas right now, uh, what is known as legacy communities, a legacy communities brand. So when, when any prospect or buyer uh, arrives at any of these communities, the, they know what, the, they, what they can expect from the experience that we've had. And, and so that's really the two, that's what led to it, gaining control. And those are the two offerings we have right now, you know, and a lot of this is a result of the statistics. You know, there's, I think the math out there is somewhere to the tune of 64% of home buyers are considering uh, new construction. There's, with, if you look at those turning 34, I, I saw the, the statistic the other day, there's 45 million that are going to be turning 34. And, uh, and really, uh, more than 40% of them uh, will consider new home construction. So if we can build special places and these micro markets for these buyers, cool plans, cool floor plans, I think we can really create that legacy community's identity as we're doing here in Central Texas, and we can re replicate that in scale accordingly. Uh, and, you know, it's been interesting watching the projects you guys are pursuing, and you know, they, they do kind of hit that missing middle, um, portion of the market, but it's not just, you know, some, there's a, kind of a misnomer sometimes about what that means. And you're, you're pursuing both projects that are perhaps providing a, a, a value in a particular submarket, meaning that, you know, there, there is not a product type that allows someone to get in uh, at an attractive price, price point, given the lack of diversity of product. So it might be a neighborhood where it's mostly you know, large single family homes on large lots, and you're finding opportunities to deliver, you know, some density, uh, but with high quality product, but on an attractive price point relative to other offerings there locally. And then that's right. That's right. And, and most of the, in many of these micro markets, there's a changing demographic happening. And so how can you, how can you optimize that opportunity that allows for uh, affordable or entry or just the ability for these buyers to buy in these cool markets. And it typically, typically comes in the form of uh, re-entitlement zoning and density 
and and we all know the different equations there, whether it's the plan unit development, uh, the, the condo regime, the plan development agreements, depending on what municipality that you're dealing with. But if you can achieve a cool place uh, in a cool area where there's a changing demographic, you're meeting and you're meeting a need. And whether we call it a missing middle or or just a missing product offering, that is what we're doing. Starting with the buyer in mind, again, any of our current 12 marketplaces uh, that were our markets that we're operating in and the projects that we have, it all started with significant underwriting and research, uh, your firm and a couple of other firms that we work with in order to make sure that that buyer's there. And then we just organize the place, uh, project and product need right around it and give the buyer what they're looking for. Yeah, and and you're obviously not the only one trying to pursue the strategy in Austin or elsewhere. Uh, how how do you stay ahead and identify these opportunities? Under what rocks are you finding them, and you know what what does that process look like? Yeah, it's a great question, Todd. It's boots on the ground and it's great relationships. We all have uh, relationships with title with with research companies. And, and that's, I would say, the one strategic advantage we have um, is that we have a lot of strong people that are in the, in the marketplace, if you will, that have been in, in the Austin location, if you will, for years. And it's really been our center of gravity, gravity as an organization. So we've had our eyes on a number of properties. And I think I mentioned to you last time we were together, Todd, some of it is, is a matter of just keeping your eyes wide open. Many of us are working, whether you're in a service business or you're actually developing your own assets, you drive to and from your office or drive to and from your master plan community or your neighbor you're working on right now. And if you slow down long enough to look left and right, there might be a two, three acre parcel that you just don't know what it could be until you start uh, to look under, as you call them, the rocks or start pulling apart the pages and find out what is or, or what is not. And so some of it is, is really boots on the ground. Most of it is, is, um, is, is using your strategic relationships, making sure they know what you're looking for. So as they arrive at, uh, if you will, a solution or a place that might make sense, you can get boots on the ground very quickly, but it does require, it does require the head hunting and you got to keep your head on a swivel because in most of these mar markets doing what we're doing, whether it's finding that gap or that missing, there are a number of us uh, in that space and we have to respect one another. So how can you have that advantage and find that right new opportunity? Are you finding during the last six months during this pandemic that you've got any, any changes with respect to buyer demand, uh, whether it's you know, the, the buyer profile has changed or whether their purchase motivations have changed? or whether the product preferences have changed. Anything that's that's different or is it kind of just moving along as it, as it was before, perhaps with a little more urgency given interest rates where they are? Yeah, we learn more each and every day, uh, Todd, with the COVID environment that we're living in. And, um, you know, step, stepping back when it started, one of the first things we did um, as, a, as, as our organizations searching for what is working, what's not, and 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 how do we react to what was going on in the environment? And we started daily leadership meetings so we could learn what was going on in the field and and how we could respond to it. So we so we increased communications 
uh, to, a, to a different level. And that also led us to uh, learning and realizing just how important that digital transformation that had been out there at the forefront going into the COVID environment that was really seen as tools and resources, uh, not, not really as a necessity, now have become uh, no longer temporary, but really per a permanent part of the overall sales process and sales funnel. Those to the likes of the fly-throughs, the 3D uh, virtual home tours, and many of those other tactics that we've, we've talked about uh, in order to help the buyer see as much as they can about the community uh, or the product offering before they show up uh, in doing the social distance, distancing, understanding uh, what it means and making that buying decision out in our communities. So um, those are really the strategies and tactics. I bring it all back to people and leadership and that is continuing to learn and respecting the DNA of, of every one of our communities and doing what's right for that particular uh, buyer. But definitely the digital transformation has now become a, uh, has become more of a necessity versus just a tool or a resource available depending on life of project. Well, pivoting really quickly kind of to you know, more personal side, you know, what kind of events, whether personal or even external uh, world events, you know, kind of outside of your professional experience, what kind of things have shaped and really influenced your career over the last, you know, 15 years? Yeah, I would say, and we talked about it earlier, you know, the, the military really shaped my life uh, as well as my career, you know, taking you know, from that, as well as my experience with Interwest Playground and Syntex Destination Properties, uh, the, you know, both the nuances of the military and, and if you will, in the, in the business environment. Uh, but the real critical events have been the family and, and faith on the family side, you know, growing through the military career, 13 different homes in less than 10 years. And and, and now having the opportunity to come back to Texas and grow a great business, I've done it with a family, a, an amazing wife, two daughters, uh, both of them now out in, in college. And what, what I learned, you know, one of the things along the way is just making sure, and we, you learned it early on in the military because you're always deployed in that, is just making sure anytime you get with that family, it truly is quality time. A lot of people talk about balance. I'm not so sure um, how much, how important that is as much as it is when, when you are together as a family quality, whether you have a family now or it's just your extended family, make sure it's quality. The faith, I, I, we articulate with our teams uh, on our leadership calls and through our, our continuous learning, make sure you're on a faith journey. It's important. Uh, we all need it. We probably need it now more than ever. And then really from world events, you take everything, uh, in, at least in my career, from the uh, 2007 recession to uh, as recent as on 2018, when we decided to get into asset management, there have been a number of things that have have allowed us to pivot and grow as as an organization. It's all been it's all been pretty exciting. And key, I think, all of it has been able to be adaptable, both when going through all the moves in the military, uh, as well as in the business career. Just just respecting uh, the place and time and the opportunities in front of us being adaptable and never forgetting to stick to the fun fundamentals. And then finally, kind of coming back to uh, my the days and, and time in the military, I, I had the opportunity to work with the 160th Special Operations Aviation Re Regiment. 
And our motto was, um, is nice talkers don't quit. So I'd encourage everyone just to remember wherever you are in your career, wherever, wherever you are in the development space, never quit. Say it again, never quit. So I think that's what's kept us. It, it wakes, wakes me up each and every day excited to do even more for my family, Faith, and, and my bigger business team that I have here uh, in the legacy companies. Thank you, Todd. Yeah, that's great. Um, just a couple more questions. You know, as you're talking there, uh, what, do you, what are some of the vulnerabilities or any, any kind of blind spots you feel like uh, were, uh, you know, as you've been trying to scale this organization and, and so forth? Uh, we've talked about partnerships and the challenges that those bring in the past. Um, but you know, what, what are some of those things, vulnerabilities and blind spots that you've uh, experienced and how do you compensate for them or? Yeah, that's a great question, Todd. The toughest vulnerability, I think in any business and especially in the sales arena is finding the right people and those who are truly committed and loyal to your, uh, both your vision and then more importantly, your day-to-day -day mission and, and how you operate. And so finding the right people, especially on the legacy international side, when over the years we've gone into marketplaces, I wouldn't say that they were foreign to us, but for being deployed, they were foreign. So we have to go in and while doing the stage one of the discovery, get to know the active community and those that would be a right fit that we would either relocate into that marketplace or combine uh, outsiders with those who were insiders in that marketplace has always been one of our biggest challenges. And one of the things that I saw as an opportunity for the last, really, I've been looking at it for the last four years, was how could I align our specialty legacy international approach to maybe one of the larger brokerages? And it just so happened, and I've, and I've interviewed and been interviewed by all of them, as you can imagine, with the different places we've operated, Todd, over the years, I've, I've visited with all of them, the England brokers, the Sotheby's, the Colwell. All of them. And it just so happens we have one right here in our backyard, uh, and that is uh, Keller Williams. And I, about a year ago, I started down a confidential conversation with Gary himself. And um, about a month ago, actually about three weeks ago, uh, we we organized what we are referring to as and what we are going public with as a builder developer services division that involves builder developer certification for a lot of people who are out in general brokerage and in these places that have always been hard for us to attract and find, um, uh, if you will, the right human resources, the reach and the technology bench and platform uh, is, is a great opportunity to expand that initiative. So our, our gap, if you will, our challenge has always been uh, being fast enough to find the right people to fill in sales operations and marketing for our different development partners, you know, national, international, uh, you know, whatever arena that we're operating in. And we're going to answer that gap and that equation uh, with uh, this expansion initiative that we're very, very excited and, and proud of. It's been a long time coming. And, and I would say we were selected by them because it was, you know, they've operated on, on three segments in, in the real estate business, and they've never been focused on builder developer sales. And with uh, with the evolution of people staying in their homes longer right now, and just the dynamics of the marketplace, you know, being very shallow on inventory, 
obviously new home sales represents a larger population of the business that we're all operating in right now. So although we were doing this pre-COVID and before the dynamic was going on, we opened up these confidential conversations. Um, we made a good strategic bet and we're, we're excited to be able to fulfill the Legacy International objective with developers better and faster than we ever have before. And it's also going to allow us to find additional assets and places um, better than we would before. So it's an excited announcement. That's probably big, our biggest vulnerability, either the people finding the right people or people uh, thinking the grass is greener on the other side and wanting to go to a different development at a different place. And many of the developers over the years who thought they had it all figured out without us have come back. Many of the people who worked with us early on and Legacy International that went away have come back. And so it's pretty it's a pretty exciting place to be. If you stick with fundamentals, uh, you can truly uh, be all that you set out to be and, and change a lot of lives. And now we're going to do it with the number one uh, real estate brokerage and partner in the world. Pretty exciting time. Huge, huge opportunity. And, you know, you and I have had conversations in the past just about scaling a business, right? And how do you, uh, you how do you take the leap to either you know, delegate responsibility to, you know, to those in your organization so you can focus on other things and scaling up the business or, or putting more capital at risk to scale the business? Is this, you feel like, uh, a solution towards accomplishing that um, in a way that uh, you know, mitigates as much, much risk as possible for you, but also gets you know, the, the most exposure? Um, you know, beyond your capabilities as a singular organization. Yeah, I, you know, I I was at the same uh, point as 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 Gary, and I, and you know, at the end of the day, any company can vertically integrate, uh, or they can do what developers have done over the years. Instead of hiring their own vice president of sales and marketing, they can hire a professional firm like Legacy International, who is learning and growing each and every day working in multiple segments, multiple environments, and take advantage of all, all of that in an efficient way. Uh, and, you know, they, so your developers, um, Keller Williams, anybody, my organization, we can all vertically integrate, but is there a better way of either an expansion initiative or an affiliation where you can on day one, you know, you can plug and play and go. I now have access to over 180,000 human beings around the world that I know are professionals because I know the culture and the priorities of Geller, Gary and his firm, which is why we align with them. And I think he wanted to align with us in business. And so if you really start to pull apart all the ingredients effectively on day one in the announcement of the initiative, uh, he did not have to recruit, train, hire. He, he's boots on the ground in the builder developer services division with a firm that's operated and seen uh, the likes of market cycles and the different market segments. And that gives him a leg up uh, to go forward. So he had the opportunity to either vertically integrate and hire on his own or professionally align with us. And we had the same. We could either continue to grow our headhunter division or uh, relationships that we had, or was there a way to take a firm that had 180,000 people, 1,000 market centers, six major awesome regional leaders, and sit back and say, hey, let's profile our people. And we have many of them that are already there with the right DNA and wiring diagram so that when we find the right property right there in their backyard or those that are looking to get into new home and developer sales, we now are that resource that they can call on and we can move effectively 
and efficiently. And it just so happens the market is calling for it in a way that I would suggest, at least in my time in real estate, post-military, Todd, um, our timing is right. It's a good strategic bet. Yeah, I totally agree. I think we're approaching for the end of our time here, but uh, you know, is there anything else you wanted to, uh, to share um, before we close out? Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, I'd say we, we're in a great industry. I think, you know, I'd just like to offer a little philosophical, but um, I would invite everyone to make sure they, you know, have a look in the mirror and look at their teams and, and make sure they truly, they truly are in this for the right reason. We're not going to have, we're not going to always have, for the, many of us, we've been through these cycles, we're not going to always have the market at our back. And are we doing the right things day in, day out so that when we get to the other side of this, you know, truly can impact and and keep real estate as a business sector, you know, at the top of mind and deliver the way. Because at the end of the day, Todd, we all, when, when our fellow master plan developers, fellow builders are doing it right, anybody who has an unprofessional experience or shows up at a community that isn't place made or done well or done for the right reason, ultimately we all lose. So I would just invite everyone, maybe reflect on a few of the thoughts and really uh, make sure you're in this for the right reason. And if you are, go get the next right deal. It's a great time to be in this business. And, uh, and, uh, and I appreciate the opportunity to visit with you today, Todd. Yeah, Philip, thank you for participating uh, and, and sharing your, uh, your story and career. Uh, and we look forward to uh, working with you in the near future. All right, thank you so much, Todd. Have an amazing day. We hope you enjoyed listening to this episode of Conversations with the Best Minds in Real Estate, hosted by RCL Co. Real Estate Advisors. If you are interested in learning more about RCL Co., go to rclco.com and follow us on Twitter at RCL Co. Don't forget to subscribe to new episodes of the podcast and make sure to leave us a rating on iTunes. Thanks for tuning into the show.